0: Hi, everyone. My name is Drew Carrick. I am a CPA here in New York. For those of you who don't know what a CPA is, it's an acronym. For those of you who don't know what an acronym is, please go home and go to sleep. I know you're in junior high and tomorrow is a school day. It's past your bedtime. But all kidding aside, a CPA is a certified public accountant, which means unlike a regular accountant who is plain and boring, I am exceptionally plain and boring. I know this probably makes you all thrilled for an exciting and riveting podcast show that I'm going to put you on. Uh, CPA is really more like comedian, Psh, all right. But I couldn't do it, I just couldn't do it. Here I had put five years of my life into earning the highest possible degree in the field of accounting, uh, besides getting a doctorate, but who would get a doctorate in accounting? Um, only to come to the realization that I absolutely hate accounting. And I wanted more than anything to be an entertainer like my grandfather. So here I am, putting on some bogus show for you losers who couldn't afford to pay for a real comedy show subscription. I kid, I kid. Um, But my stupidity didn't end or begin with accounting. No, I've been on this path for quite some time. For some background context, I grew up as an average student in early elementary school. I'd even call myself a little slow or as the PC community might say, underdeveloped. Don't worry, I'm staying away from politics for now. But as I grew up and hit around third and fourth grade, my brain really started to rev up. I'm like an old car that needs to get warmed up before it can really get going, or at least that's the analogy I use for my life. And the only difference between me and that antique car is that my dad wishes he had one and not the other. So as I was saying, in this marathon called the American education system, I started really hitting my stride in the eighth mile. I'm going under the assumption that you all know a marathon is 26 miles. This is a comedy show podcast, not a classroom. And just because I'm in the front of the room doesn't mean I'm a teacher though now all courses are online anyway, so we're kind of in the same boat. The thing of being smart, though, for better or for worse, is that you have new challenges and opportunities presented to you. So I had the chance to take AP classes to earn college credits. By the time I finished high school, I had earned 33 college credits, and that's an entire year of college. This gave me the chance to Possibly have the easiest college career of all time, since I could have literally taken a quarter less of the courses. But I said, fuck it. Why have fun when I can have anxiety? So rather than enjoying the greatest four years of my life, I graduated college in three years. Hooray for me. I'm a super nerd loser. I mean, what type of drugs were in those Flintstone-sponsored multivitamins that made me want to spend less time in college? For the longest time, my friends called me the dumbest smart person they knew. I never understood why. Now I understand why. And it didn't stop there. High school, please. College, what a joke. Grad school, bring it on. I decided to stay at my college, the one smart thing I did, Mount St. Mary's University for grad school. And I even got a graduate assistantship assistantship position, which helped me pay for it. that means I can get seven classes per year paid for and spend two years in college before I have to start working. But you know me, fuck it. I'm going to do one year so I can start work at a desk for the rest of my life doing boring shit that I hate even faster. And I'm even going to pay to do it quicker by doubling up on courses not covered by the graduate assistant position. I'm a genius. But you know what? It taught me a valuable lesson what it takes other people sometimes until their 30s to realize, I was able to discover before I was legally able to drink. Mom, you were right. Life sucks and then you become an adult. But I'm on a mission, a mission to make it suck less. So buckle up boys and girls and trannies. It's time to get pitted, but fair warning, don't step in until you're ready. you're listening to the mind of drew a variety show designed to dive into any assortment of topics in a deep and thought-provoking way hosted by polymath rapper drew the character let's see if we can bring comedy philosophy entertainment and intellect together as one thank you everybody for listening again for this week. I hope you enjoyed my little comedy sketch intro. Um, I think that might be my thing. I'll just have these variety show style intros in order to formulate some sort of format for this show. Um, You're probably curious about the last line, don't step in until you're ready and the significance of that. And it was actually my acting coach who advised and suggested that I use that as my sort of mantra and line because it's pretty descriptive of who I am as a person and the way my mind operates is it's like a deep abyss. And sometimes when you go deep sea scuba diving in the philosophy of life, you have to remember to come up for air. And sometimes I forget to come up for air. Oftentimes I forget that I have to eat and I find myself creating content or brainstorming or working on ideas or just being lost in thought for the entirety of the day. And the next thing I know it's four o'clock in the afternoon and I haven't had breakfast yet. So my mom comes home and I'm making eggs and bacon, which there's nothing wrong with having eggs and bacon in the late afternoon or having it for dinner. It's just, you know, not standard, not the norm, not the normal. Then again, I'm a unique person and I'm not the norm or not normal some would say I'm weird. the girls in high school would probably have said that. <laughs> um, but so, you know, I, this deep abyss that is my mind, it's kind of like inception. I'll think about the fact that I'm thinking and the fact that I'm thinking about the fact that I'm thinking about, I'm thinking, I will be speaking and I'll start to exit my body in a sense. Um, I mean, your people are probably going to call and be like, I think this guy is schizophrenic or has multiple personality disorders, or maybe at least bipolar or something. Uh, Maybe, (laughs) I guess uh, that's to be determined, but I don't think I have any serious issues. It's just a matter of identity crisis, I suppose, but no, it's, it's this powerful mind is a blessing and a curse, as I sort of explained in the introduction, um, because the ability to think is something that unfortunately a lot of people lack, especially deep cognitive thinking. A lot of people just want to be told what to do. People don't want to talk about or think about the deeper issues, the deeper topics. And it's unfortunate because there's a lot of value that comes with diving deep and figuring things out. But I understand why And I understand firsthand because of the depression and anxiety that comes with self-reflection and having to question your own beliefs and question your actions and what you think, the way you think, why you are the way you are, is the way you are the best version of yourself? Are you on track to become the best version of yourself? Um, You know, self-reflection is tough and most people would prefer to just live in ignorance because ignorance is bliss. So when you have my mind that you enter, you're now entering this non-safe space because it is very raw, it is very authentic, and it dives into deep topics and discusses things that a lot of the time people don't want to think about and they their brains can't necessarily always handle the the depth, and not because it's so sophisticated, and because it's difficult to comprehend. Though a lot of the times it is difficult to comprehend, but that's why they call me the Prince of Analogies, because I have found one of my talents uh, as a polymath, which I have many, but one of my unique skills that I think is actually a skill unique to polymaths in the fact that we have this ability to understand. So many different disciplines. You know, I have always spoken about my ability to translate to the IT department what the business and finance department is looking to have coded and created. Uh, you know, the the marketing team just knows how to design, but if you have somebody who has the finance background and understands the monetary implications, or someone who is involved with the strategic planning, it. And it has an understanding, a a deep understanding of both. It enables that communication of what you're trying to get across to have like an, an aha, an aha moment, and that'll lead to better output and better productivity. So being the prince of analogies is what I sort of pride myself on because I can take a complex or sophisticated topic or a high level topic and dumb it down. And I don't mean dumb it down as in you're stupid and I'm the only person that gets it. I'm just saying, a lot of people need to have experiences that they can relate to in order to understand something. If you haven't had a relatable experience, it's really difficult to just take a concept and and envision something theoretically. Um, one of the cool things that polymaths, philosophers, and higher thinkers have is this ability to th- conceptualize uh, theories and not require some sort of corporeal experience in order to get it, you know, to make a click. They have this ability to, to understand these deeper, more complex issues, higher level issues. So I, you know, uh, for those in the starseed community, um, it's kind of like bringing the fifth dimension into three dimension terms, the third dimensional terms. I studied the black holes and the fourth dimension when I was, uh, in my studies of all that schooling that I was so thrilled to go through, as I mentioned earlier. And you know, there it's, it's trying to explain something like the fourth dimension to people who have an experience the fourth dimension, because we live in a third dimensional world makes it, you know, it, it makes it a task. So it's, it's hard to explain, but like I said, uh, using analogies and, sort of connecting and and bringing to life some of these higher level, deeper philosophical issues is what I have found to be one of my superpowers, uh, I guess you would say. And so, you know, I, I, what it comes with that is my mind will sometimes to bring it full circle and and you can see how my you can see through this exact little monologue how my mind runs from one topic on to the next one and usually hopefully if I can remember comes full circle back to what it was that I was initially talking about so you're seeing the mind of drew in action and sometimes I will forget what it was that I was talking about but what I was saying before getting sidetracked by this whole thought trail is my mind will leave. And before I started talking about potential psychological disorders is that my mind will leave my body in a sense. And, and and it's not like a weird sense, like, Oh, you're dying and you're looking down at yourself. But, and I'm sure a lot of people have probably experienced this themselves. I'll be giving a presentation. I'll be speaking at a conference and as I'm delivering it, I start to think about the fact that I'm delivering a speech at the moment. Um, this happens sometimes when I do my my weekly and monthly broadcast shows when I'm I'm reading off of a teleprompter, and I'm starting to think as I'm as I'm reading off this teleprompter of a script that I wrote. I start to think, "All right, man, you're three quarters of the way through. You're doing a great job. Don't mess up the end. Don't don't eff it up." And of course, that's the type of thing and the type of mindset that will cause you to mess it up. But my, you know, I could be speaking on something, I could be in a meeting and I'll be in such a good groove. But then my mind almost checks back in. And it's not just my body and my brain autonomously going about spewing the knowledge or spewing the words. I start to think about the fact that there are words coming out of my mouth that I am formulating in an instant. These thoughts are are coming together, becoming words, and then being outputted through my mouth, uh, through a whole chain reaction of nerves firing from, from my brain and, and where do those thoughts originate? And some brain scientists will, will talk about which cortex it comes from and your prefrontal lobe having, you know, your cognitive thinking and your ability to plan and, um, you know, I, I always talk about how I—I'm pretty sure when I was a kid, uh, well, I remember this happening. Is I, my dad was working on the roof, and I wanted to work on the roof too. But obviously, it was dangerous for me as a six-year-old to go work on a roof. I might have even been younger than six, honestly, maybe four or five. And my grandparents had purchased for me a mini, uh, you know, mini house in the backyard, a little plastic playhouse, and that's where I hung out is my little clubhouse. So I was like, well, I could work on the roof of my little playhouse. But of course, that's plastic and I didn't have any equipment and I was also a kid and not really the best climber. So I managed to get myself up on this plastic roof thing, but there's nowhere to grip onto. So I slide off and I slammed the back of my head on the concrete basketball court part of the backyard. Um, And I remember waking up in the bathroom and I was okay, but I definitely blacked out for a hot second and I'm pretty sure that that messed up my medulla oblongata and I paid attention enough in my AP bio classes to know that that controls my automatic functions. And I've always blamed the fact that I have this, um, drooling, not really drooling. I'm not really drooling when I'm sleeping anymore. That's kind of like a kid thing. Um, though there's definitely plenty of adults that drool. And I've certainly drooled before, so I can't say I haven't done that. But the remembering to just swallow your saliva, uh, a lot of the times I find I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm talking. And next thing I know, my mouth is filled with saliva and I totally forgot that I was supposed to swallow. Uh, so it's those sort of automatic functions that, that run, you know, you don't think about breathing, you just breathe. Uh, I, you know, so I know about the medulla oblongata and the, those sort of the function that it serves in, in the unconscious actions and and bodily motions that occur. Uh, But so yeah, I have this more conscious it's almost like a subconscious. My subconscious steps in and starts to separate from my aware conscious or takes over my aware conscious. And so I am speaking and I'm talking about a topic or presenting a certain topic. And then I start to think about the fact that I'm presenting this topic. And it's it's kind of scary because you're like, I don't want to mess up, but I'm being distracted right now. I might start talking about something totally ridiculous. But uh, fortunately for me. <laughs> I guess, fortunately for me, my brain is perhaps powerful enough where it's able to—it has enough RAM power um, to operate two applications at the same time. So I can entrust that the words that my brain is formulating are going to come together into cohesive sentences that make sense to the audience, and they don't recognize the fact that I've somehow escaped my, my mind and am looking at my brain activity from an outer mind standpoint. It I, it's truly embracing the me myself and I concept, and maybe that's just quarantine and lockdowns um, keeping me from becoming a normal person. Uh, I'm, I'm making friends with myself. No, I, I've actually been able to enjoy the summer well enough just because I, um, I I escaped to out east and I just went I went to the beach all the time. And fortunately, going to the beach is not really something that was impacted at all by lockdowns or by quarantine. So I was able to go about my business pretty much as usual. I have the the people who are close to me, um my close friends from from out here where I live and we just went on the boat. We went to the beach and we enjoyed the ocean and the water and Honestly, the the best thing you can do is get out. I mean, being inside lockdown is not a good thing. It is a bad thing and it harms people physically and mentally. It hurts your immune system. It destroys your mental health. When you're not interacting with other people, it's really bad. And the damage, I would say, um, outweighs the the benefit. But I've been fortunate because I, I, I enjoy going to the bars, sure, but I don't need to go spend money on a, an $8 beer when I'm one trying to get in reality TV form, right? No one's going to pick me up to be on Too Hot to Handle if I'm looking like the um, the Michelin man <laughs> and, you know, I, I I never felt the need to go out to the bars that much. I mean, it's it's definitely nice to get out and go do something for sure. Um, but really I'm just going to hang out with the same people that I'm hanging out with here. So what's the real benefit? Um, so yeah, uh, point is, is that this sort of escaping from my mind, uh, while my mind is operating is a really unique aspect of my brain, of the mind of Drew and how it operates. And that's how I end up on these crazy, you know, thought, um, trains. You know, I I loved the that game that you used to play where everybody you just go around in a circle and you say the first word that comes to mind after the person before you says something. So it could start off as okay, green, grass, tree, leaves, fall, spring, summer, sun, sky, cloud, plane, vacation, islands, you know, and, and, and it just it goes, you know, you you, you see how the mind is able to make these connections. And it's honestly really cool. I think it's just a really neat thing, the way that the mind operates. And it's something I'm so intrigued by. Uh, and again, being a polymath, uh, everything is interesting to me. So I take the time to research and become versed and knowledgeable on a variety of different topics because all the topics are interesting to me. I mean, you're not gonna go research and look up something that you don't really care about, but I've found that almost everything I somewhat care about. And so if I'm watching something on the History Channel, though I don't really watch TV much at all, but if some sort of historical event pops up, I'm curious about it, so I look it up. You know, obviously the Columbus Day, Indigenous Peoples Day uh, debate, if you wanna call it that, is, you know, a topic that comes around once a you know, once a year, everybody starts kind of talking about that. And I got genuinely curious. I'm like, what actually is the history of Christopher Columbus and what's his whole backstory and stuff? And it turns out it's, it's not really everything that you think, but the point is, is that people wouldn't know it. You'd just be taught, oh, he founded America and, and then he, you know, he killed a lot of people, but it's, it's, it's really not quite like that at all. There's a whole, backstory that goes into it, which is pretty cool. And, and that's the type of stuff that, like I said, I'll I'll go research, I'll go look up, I'll, I'll look into it in order to just become more well-versed and become more knowledgeable on different subject matters and different topics. And I think that's important. And, and that's why that brings me to perhaps the most significant and important point uh, of this initial episode. Uh, of course, beyond the just who is Drew initial, initial episode, uh, is that I I plan on bringing on other like, not like-minded, but high-minded individuals. Uh, I don't mean, you know, get stoned and, and come on the show. I mean, people who are part of the Coterie of higher thinking. Uh the coterie of higher, Think- higher thinking is actually a, a networking group that uh I was part of the founding of and, and a member in back in college. Um and it, it doesn't exist anymore, but it the people who are in it, it's it's more so a mindset, it's a mentality, it's a it's it's not an official organization by any means, but it's just it's your circle of people who you know you can have high-level discussions with. They're not going to shy away from talking about deeper topics. They understand the importance of gaining new perspective, of thinking about different topics in a different light. I had a tremendous conversation just uh, earlier today with one of my good friends, Phil, who is down in Maryland. And I wish I had recorded the entire, uh, zoom call. We ended up only recording the part where we were working on business plans. And afterwards we ended up having an hour long culture and society discussion just on, um, marginalized groups and the different opinions people take on, on politics and the sort of, you know, progressive movement and will cancel culture, create an implosion. And is progressivism, is there an end to it or does it just keep on going? And is that bad or is that good that that happens? And what's the current status? And the fact that people, I don't know what's going on in Nebraska and the people in Nebraska don't know what's going on in New York or on Long Island. And and there's no way to possibly know because we're not actually seeing it and especially as you have this sort of distrust in in the media and the reporting like you're only relying on what you're being told and and we both spoke about how uh you know how you're you need to actually speak to real human beings and people have gotten lazy and they just want to tune into whatever the quickest feed is and and just read what it says and then accept that as the sort of truth but it's it's not the same as getting to talk to an actual person who will give you a new perspective. And and Phil is just absolutely brilliant from taking a level-headed approach and, and being able to, you know, we have a mutual respect for each other at the highest level. And, you know, he's so well-versed in Haitian culture and the sorts of history behind the what the French had done to the Haitian people, uh, and, and is, is just, is very in tune and, and, and more, most importantly, open and willing to have good, productive conversations The conversations that people in the country are not having with each other. And that's why I felt like our conversation was so important and why I'm so mad that I did not record the entire thing, because it was such a valuable conversation because, I have, of course, the perspective and the stance that I come from, and he has the stance that he comes from, but we're both able to come together and put things into relatable terms that represents the views that a lot of the people who are on our side come from, but how it's often misled and misinformed and how people are often misguided into believing it's one thing instead of another. And and really, perspective is the most important portion of this. Everybody has a different perspective that they approach things with and it's not necessarily that we disagree with the the opinion it's that there's a disagreement on what the perspective is and and just to put that into an example that's that's relatable you know of course if the news tells you person A did horrible action then Anybody would say, "All right, well, obviously, you know, the horrible action is horrible. That's that's a terrible thing. We should not like what that this person, what this person did, and and if that's a continual habit, we shouldn't like this person at all." And so they're going to come at it. Anybody that sees that and and acknowledges that is going to come at it from the perspective of, "Okay, well, you must be absolutely out of your mind if you like this person," but if somebody else is seeing or not seeing that information or they're getting different information and they're saying, I don't understand why you hate this person so much, what's giving you that sort of basis? And the person's like, I don't even want to, like, how can you even acknowledge, you know, I don't think they're that bad of a person. Oh, you don't think they're that bad of a person? Are you kidding me? It's not a matter of whether or not they think the action that happened is a bad thing. It's inherently bad if, what it is is an inherently bad thing. And everybody can agree upon that. It's a matter of whether that thing actually happened and whether the facts being presented are true. So it's not a matter of whether X justifies Y opinion. If X is true, Y opinion is absolutely correct. The perspective is, is X a valid point? And the point is, is we we're able to to discuss things from that sort of level. And the only way that you get to the, to the root, the only way you get to the facts is having real conversations with real other people, especially people who you trust and who you respect. There, there's no agenda that they have behind what they're doing. If you know them and they're a genuine person and you trust them, and that's really what it all comes down to, it comes down to trust. If they're that person and you trust them, then there's no reason that... You should ever feel that you're not being understood because they will present the information to you as a trusted individual. And then that's how you start to understand. That's how you start to understand perspective. And so I am excited to have people like Phil come onto the show and discuss different cultural and society things because these are important issues that need to get spoken about. I have. Other many other friends who are in this coterie of higher thinking, right? This this network of or group of high thinking individuals, ambitious people, not just going through the motions of life. Want to white pick a fence, a car, hopefully a fund to send their kid through college, and maybe one day they can, you know, um, finance a jet ski. It's we're talking about you know movers and shakers, but most importantly, people who are trying to make an impact in the world. And they're tr- and they're not afraid of these big conversations. They're not shying away from deep human issues and things that are important to talk about because it's part of the self-reflection process. And anybody who knows me knows I am an Aristotelian and self-reflection is everything. It is critical and it's what enables you to grow as a person. And the purpose of life is to continually grow so that you can eventually fulfill your function and perform that function as excellently as possible. Eudaimonia. Uh, and there's a reason why I have that tattooed on my the inside of my bicep because it is such a significant thing to me and and really to everybody, whether they recognize it or not. We're all trying to achieve this sort of state of happiness. And some people believe it comes in the next life. Some people believe it's having immediate pleasure now. Some people believe that you grow towards figuring out what it is. But when you get to the point where you are living a fulfilled life and living it excellently, you will be able to achieve that sort of state of happiness. And the goal of this is to have those tough conversations, which aren't necessarily going to be enjoyable. And sometimes they'll make you happy. Sometimes they'll make you feel smarter. Sometimes you'll feel distressed and confused. That's why we'll always be there to have, to continue to have these conversations, to continue to broadcast them because they're important to be heard. And the hope is that we can grow and evolve as a society, as a humanity, as a human race, as a planet and and elevate our consciousness and elevate our minds. And that only happens when we elevate the level of conversation we have. So the easy way is to talk about simple three-dimensional things like sports and politics, you know, platform politics, identity politics, um, food, and, you know, pleasure going out, drinking and sure, it, it has its place. You, know, you, you, you don't want to deprive yourself of enjoying life because life is a gift and it is a blessing and it is a present. Um, but it's all about balance. I am a Libra. It is all about balance. It's all about ensuring that you are getting the pleasure and enjoyment out of life that you need to in the present, but you're also reflecting and looking deep into your mind and growing Wholesomely, as a person, as you, as your mind. And that's the way my mind works. I'm excited to have other people whose minds are similar who will help elevate the level of conversation that I have, that will elevate the level of discussions that are being had throughout the world, and hopefully, eventually, be able to make a lasting impact so with that being said this has been the mind of drew i am your host drew carrick and i'm excited for you to join me on this journey as we elevate the level of consciousness and the level of conversations in our society